1: The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael.
3: To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When
0: I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall.
3: Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: We have Liz Wheeler on the show. We have somebody who left Levi's on the show But more importantly tonight, we are going to read some of your stories, because I'm hearing things about a pandemic amnesty. No, no, no. Coming up on I'm (music) Right. Article came out yesterday in The Atlantic. I'm sure you've probably seen it by now. Maybe you heard me rant about it on the radio last night, but in case you haven't, The article was saying, let's declare a pandemic amnesty and, quote, forgive one another for what we did and said when we were in the dark about COVID. Okay. Uh, Before I get into this, I do need to do a couple things here. Uh, You know how we like to laugh and have fun. We talk about heavy things. We like to laugh and have fun. Uh, This one's going to be heavy. Some of the things I'm about to tell you, your stories, they're going to hurt. Uh, You might want to grab the tissues if you're a crier because you're about to be crying. But it is important that normal people, it is important that you are heard because you were ignored, spit on, killed, done wrong by tyrants, and you deserve to have your stories told. And I'm about to tell you some of them. Before I do that, though, I just want to pause. Let's do a little brief history thing here. You know about the Titanic, I'm not gonna insult your intelligence, big ship went down, everyone died. Well, not everyone, a bunch of people died. And you've probably seen the movie, right? A Couple little things from the Titanic. Little stories maybe you haven't heard. Now, you do know that there were men on the Titanic who were shoving people out of the way, women and children doing everything they could to get a spot on the lifeboat. Basically revealed themselves to be pathetic cowards in the face of danger, in the face of certain death. And alternately, there were men who made sure the women and children were taken care of, got on board, and then knowing full well, remember, they knew full well they were about to die. They were about to freeze to death and or drown in the frigid ocean. You know what they did? They went and put on their finest suits and they went to, I believe it was a fireplace, a huge fireplace they had there poured themselves the best brandy they could find, lit up cigars and sat there with each other until the water came in and took them down to the deep. Now, let me ask you something. The Titanic sinking, what did it do with the guy who was pushing women and children or the guy who put on his finest suit, did his duty and said goodbye? Did did the people who did those two very, very different things Did they become those very different things when the Titanic was sinking? No, no. The truth is, that's who they always were. The Titanic simply revealed who they were. Who you were during all the COVID panic is who you are. Whether you're a president, governor, public health official, whether you're a normal citizen, mother, father, son, daughter, brother, sister, co-worker, boss, employee, Who you were when all the panic pushers were out there is who you are. Now, maybe you're sitting there right now and maybe that's a uncomfortable look in the mirror for you. Maybe you look back and you're not so proud of who you were. It's okay. People can change who they are, but you should know. That was what we call a stress test. You found out what you were made of when everyone told you to panic and become a tyrant. Which brings me to this pandemic amnesty forgiving one another you understand i'm about to read you heartbreaking stories but you understand that america was revealed under covid talking about stress tests to be a tyranny you already live in a tyranny oh i know most of the lockdowns and requirements and mandates most not all but most have gone away I, i get that now so it doesn't feel like you live in a tyranny. But if you live in a country where politicians can point at you and say, you're not essential, close your business, you shouldn't be out on the beach, you're arrested, you're a pastor doing church, you're under arrest, that you live in a tyranny. That's a tyranny. You already live in one. That make you uncomfortable? Made me uncomfortable. It was horrific watching it. And I'm not kind to tyrants, I don't forgive and forget tyrants not ever, tyrants are the worst human beings in the history of the world, powerful people who crush the powerless, you'll, you'll get no forgiveness here. You'll get no amnesty here. Now, maybe if you have a public trial and after you're convicted, when you're on the way to prison for the rest of your life, maybe if you get on your knees in front of me and beg me for forgiveness for what you've done, maybe in that moment, I will forgive and then send you off to prison. But don't think for a second you're going to do the things I just, I'm just i about to read to you and just to say, hey, let's let bygones be bygones. You want to hear some stories? You want to know why we need a reckoning? These are your stories. First day as a cop was six months into business shutdowns and lockdowns. Responded to a murder-suicide of a father that lost his job and killed himself and his seven-year-old son. Record high child suicides that year will haunt me forever. Oh, there's a lot more. Like I said, get your tissues ready. My mom's physician closed his in-person practice for a year, resulting in my mom losing her eyesight. She She has macular degeneration and requires monthly eye injections and didn't receive them. She's now legally blind with no way to restore her vision. Another, got to stand outside my father's hospital room on the lawn and watch him pass away, alone. My 30-year-old son-in-law couldn't see a doctor for a sharp pain in the belly. The Zoom doctor told him he had kidney stones. Seven months later, he could finally see a doctor diagnosed with stage 4 terminal kidney cancer. No diagnosis or chemo per lockdown. Now is metastatic. My daughter is devastated. We all are. (laughs) I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going, but I just want you to understand there's more of these... And I don't want you to try to run away from the the pain and sadness and anger you're feeling right now. I want you to let it wash over you. And I want you to remember these things didn't happen. These things were done to you. People with names did these things to you. Republicans and Democrats did these things to you. Public health officials, parents did them to their children. Children did them to their parents. Brothers did it against sisters and other brothers. These things were done to you by people. Let us continue. Oh, gosh, I forgot about this
0: one.
4: Uh, one of my listeners named Ben sent in a picture, actually. Uh, what was the picture? It was Ben FaceTiming with his father as his father died in the hospital in Christmas of 2020. Uh, Brenda writes, our autistic daughter greatly suffered during lockdowns. She couldn't get appointments she needed and for a child that does not speak, wearing masks from workers trying to help with uh, speech was utterly pointless. Much needed help she could have received, but nothing mattered but COVID. All right, you thought all that was really bad? Last year, on February 9th on my radio show, I, as you can imagine, I like to laugh and have fun on my radio show just like we do here, but I decided to dedicate an entire episode to this. I called it The Reckoning. It was three hours of your stories of this stuff. And I even opened up the phones that night. And I don't know how long I'm going to live on this planet. Probably 60, 70 years. That's generally when the Kelly men check out. I will go to my grave and I will remember this phone call. This is the phone call of a father. It's a little hard to hear because he's so choked up and weeping. This is a phone call of a father who has a six foot five severely autistic son who needed regular therapy, was denied it because of COVID, and now this six foot five autistic son has descended into psychosis and physically attacks his mother and father every single day. Can you even imagine what that is like? So, It's all right John, it's okay?
5: 18 18 year old, special needs student, Mm -hmm. autistic, he's never recovered. He's alive. He just couldn't go back to school. He's 20 now. He's six foot five. I'm six foot four. He's in psychosis. He attacks us. He attacks us almost every day. Because he's in psychosis. Mm-hmm.
4: John, you just, just you, don't you don't have to say anymore. I, you don't have to say anymore. Everyone just heard you don't want to say anymore.
1: Everybody
4: it's heartbreaking. I okay. I can't even imagine. Together. God it's bless you, my brother. Jesse. God bless you, all right. Amnesty? You wanna move on? I'm not moving on, I will never move on. I demand a reckoning, and do keep in mind, while all these stories were happening, John Lewis, John Lewis got a massive funeral. While you couldn't bury your mother or your father, you said goodbye on FaceTime. John Lewis died, and there they all gathered, every scumbag in the world, shoulder to shoulder, to praise the saintly John Lewis. You see, your dad didn't matter. Your mom didn't matter, your grandpa, brother, sister. They didn't matter, they weren't important. John Lewis though, COVID apparently, (laughs) COVID was good enough to get away from the John Lewis funeral. I wanna once again tell you these things didn't happen. These things were done to you. This wasn't just a, well, whoopsie, people with names did these things to you and I watched and you heard me yell and scream about it right here on the first I watched from day one I watched all the powerful people just take a big steaming dump on all the powerless you didn't have a platform you didn't have the power you didn't have the, you didn't and they all they all just talked to each other the whole time and nobody heard from you Nobody cared about you. Well, few of us did, I guess I should say. Few people cared about you, spoke up for you. And now that you've been abused in a million different ways and left behind by tyrants, you want to move on? No, I will never move on. I don't tell you what to do. I'm not your dad or your priest. You move on if you want to. I will move on when I have had my reckoning. That's when I will move on. Randy Weingarten out there today publicly saying she wants to move on. Have you heard the stories of children? The child suicides? The learning loss? Uh, the, the anxiety? Hooked on drugs? I'm not moving on. I'll move on the day Randy Weingarten goes to prison. All that may have made you uncomfortable. I'm sure it did. But I am right. Now. Whew, that was a lot. We're going to move on now. Uh, Let's talk really quickly before we move on because we have great great guests tonight, incredible things tonight, people of courage, people with things to say. Before we move on, let's talk about something really quickly here. Let's talk about you being stuck in a timeshare you don't want to be stuck in anymore. You're not stuck. I know you think you are. I know the timeshare company has told you you are. Sorry, should have read the fine print, can't get out. You are not. You know how I know? Because Lone Star Transfer is still there. Family company. They've helped over 16,000 people legally and permanently get out. You know what their success rate is? I mean, if I told you their success rate was 50%, I would think that would be pretty good, right? 99%. (laughs) They'll get you out. They guarantee they'll get you out. They do it in writing and in a specific time frame. You're not stuck in your timeshare. You're one phone call away from Freedom. 844-310-2646. 844-310-2646 or go to LoneStarTransfer.com. We'll be back.
0: Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Ryan Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country, giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning.
4: Do you remember how we became a country of personal destruction especially during covid now we've been this way for a while which is really terrible but during covid it was very odd if anybody anybody questioned the official covid narrative there was immediately a mob that came to destroy their life not to just put down something they said or argue with them it was oh you don't want vaccine mandates fire this person i'm excited to talk to jennifer joining me now jennifer say former chief at levi's only not anymore also author of a book levi's unbuttoned the woke mob took my job but gave me my voice jennifer it's your story it's your book not my story what is it
5: what is the book yep it is my story yeah so i um had worked at levi's for close to 23 years I was the brand president, um, but I was outspoken about the harms to children from prolonged school closures uh, from the very beginning, from March of 2020, and I was urged to stop repeatedly by my peers and my boss, and eventually, after two years of my not stopping, speaking out about it, despite the fact that I was right, and we all see now that those harms have actually happened. I was told there wouldn't be a place for me at the company any longer. Um, And I was offered severance, but rather than sign an NDA and um, not be able to sit here and talk to you about, um, about why I was ousted from the company, I decided to resign. I quit publicly so that I could retain my voice
4: i love that that's freaking awesome all right now what were you mad about specifically i'm sure it was terrible in san francisco but i'm not in san francisco you were what were they doing
5: well um california was the state closed the longest the schools were closed the longest of all 50 states playgrounds were also closed for about eight months so children in the city um had had nowhere to play essentially Um, toddlers were masked in preschools two-year-olds and so i was very focused on the restrictions to children. It seemed to me, we knew very early on that children were at little to no risk. And yet we placed all of our sort of societal anxiety on these kids, they were the most restricted. Um, and not only were they the least at risk, uh, but they had the most to lose uh, from these from these restrictions. So 50,000 public school children were kept out of school for 18 months, um, it just seemed, It just seemed crazy to me. I couldn't not stand up for these kids. And so despite being warned, I kept uh, pushing back. Um, certainly, yes, I was vocal on social media, but I also wrote op-eds and I led rallies and I attended school board meetings and mayors with the uh, meetings with the mayor's office. And I just kept pushing. Uh, we weren't successful uh, as, as parents, but uh, schools didn't open until the fall of 2021. And it is worth noting that private schools opened a full year before that. Uh, all my peers, or most of them anyway, were sending their kids to in-person private school while insisting that I stop asking for the same for public school students.
4: Jennifer, thank you so much. I appreciate you.
5: (laughs) Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
4: All right. We're going to talk to Carrie Pickett next about the New York AG race, New York Governor's race, crazy races we might win out there. But man, look, this corporate wokeism stuff, it really does stink. You know what would make it stink less? An Eden pure thunderstorm in every room. Quit what? It's true. It takes the odors out of the air. And let me be clear. This is not your little weird oil thing that you have plugged in that makes the room smell like a vanilla candle or something like that. The Eden pure thunderstorm is cleaning viruses and mold out of your air constantly. You know, I don't even have allergies anymore. I don't even own that over the counter allergy medication anymore. Thanks to Eden pure thunderstorm. I have three of them. Keep one where everyone sleeps. Keep one in the general living area. You will thank me. Everyone else does. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Code Jesse gets you $200 off a three pack. EdenPureDeals.com. Code Jesse. We'll be back.
2: Would you mandate a COVID vaccine for for children or no? Not
3: at this time. And where my opponent just said she will not mandate COVID vaccines at this time, let me be clear to all of the parents who are out there. I will not mandate COVID vaccines for your kids ever.
4: That's such a great answer. Way to pile on her, Lee. Joining me now, Carrie Pickett, senior congressional reporter for The Washington Times. Carrie, all right, I'm a cynic by nature, so I don't want to get my hopes up, but my hopes are starting to creep up about this New York governor's race, and I'm having a hard time pulling them back down. Bring me back to reality. Is Lee Zeldin going to win?
6: He has an incredibly awesome shot to win. I'll put it to you that way. I mean, uh, let's just say, you know, I know that I'm just quoting the polls here, it's 50-50, Let's just get into some more uh, micro numbers here. He needs at least 30% support from New York City. Along with some pretty decent margins in the uh, in the suburbs of New York, which includes Westchester County, Rockland County, as well as good turnout in the upstate regions of uh, New York State. Now, I'm a native New Yorker. Even though I live in the D.C. area, uh, I do know New York very, very well. Uh, what uh, what Zeldin has done is that he has looked for a lot of support from the uh, smaller areas of, uh, or rather the smaller communities within all of these uh, 62 counties of New York. So he's looked for the Jewish communities, like the Hasids, the Orthodox, Jews as well as a number of the business communities the asian communities a lot of the business communities who feel like they are being you know hurt by the crime in New York also the the the, the, uh, the economy that is absolutely terrible in New York the property taxes so you know he has been hitting a lot of the smaller communities that kathy Hochul has really ignored so this is something that has been ongoing for over a year and And he's been campaigning all over 62 counties, which, look, the Democrats thought that they were going to coast into this election for the longest time. And mind you, they've had some problems. Remember, Andrew Cuomo, he had to uh, resign last year in scandal. And then Kathy Hochul jumped into this seat and uh, they pretty much expected that she was just going to win a full term. And now they realized that Uh, things could very well shake up because they haven't had a Republican governor since uh, George Pataki in the last 20 years.
4: Okay, why? Now, I know Lee's running a good campaign. We've had him on the show a bunch, and I love the guy. I'm not not insulting Lee, but if you're going to win in New York, it's going to take more than a good Republican race. You need a problem with the Democrat. I'm not in New York. I just know what I see from afar. What's their problem with Kathy Hochul?
6: Kathy Hochul, unlike... Uh, Andrew Cuomo does not come from a powerful New York family. She doesn't have the name like Andrew Cuomo had. Remember, Andrew Cuomo's father was Mario Cuomo. Mario Cuomo, uh, he was a beloved, uh, you know, Figure granted, he was you know, he was a huge liberal, but but still, he was a powerful speaker, uh, and you know he ended up he was the one who ended up losing to uh, Republican George Pataki eventually for a third term in 1994. But still, um, when Andrew Cuomo was elected in uh, in uh, 2006, uh, he was able to. Uh, <laughs> threaten, intimidate, and he kind of had the swagger. uh, And when he ended up going down in in, in scandal, when Kathy Hochul came around, uh, sure, she was a Democrat, she had the right views, she had the right stances, but she didn't have, uh, shall we say, the intimidation factor, the the threatening factor, as well as, uh, shall we say, the, 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 name factor that Andrew Cuomo had. And along with that, she just doesn't, she just isn't a retail politicker. She's from Buffalo, New York. Um, actually, even she's from outside of Buffalo. She's from a small town there. She only served a very small term in a, in a Congress. So she's not very well known. So she's having a very tough time connecting with uh, New Yorkers. Lee Zeldin, um, he wasn't well known either, but he has the crime issue on his side and New Yorkers, uh, granted while they are inherently uh, you know, more, more Democrat and they certainly uh, outnumber Republicans you know, pra- practically three to one, uh, they still want to be safe and this year looks like a wave year.
4: Okay, let's go to Minnesota, the the weirdest freaking state ever. I mean, everyone's seen the election map. Reagan wins, what, 49 states, and what was the 50th? Minnesota. They've elected Jesse the Body Ventura. That's just a weird place. But they have an AG race up there that's getting tight?
6: Yeah, once again, you have... Yeah, um you're having once again another race that has to do with the crime issue and uh, i gotta tell you uh, you know I, I i think that you are referring to uh the the uh the, the ag race that has to do with the uh with a with new york not necessarily so much with minnesota so i'm just going to jump over to the new york race um but the uh, but the uh, New York race that has to do um, with with uh, with a, with the Attorney General that is absolutely incredible. That has to do with uh, Michael Henry. That is incredibly close. Um, but as far as uh, Minnesota is concerned, Keith Ellison. He used to be a uh, congressman <laughs> over <laughs> over in the House, and uh, once again both. Uh, Both Ellison as well as Letitia James, uh, who is the Democrat over in New York, they're having a very tough time dealing with the crime issue, and people want to know what they're going to do to deal with with the issues that are really hurting their states right now.
4: Carrie Pickett, Washington Times. Go read her stuff. Thank you, Carrie. I appreciate it.
6: Sure thing. Take care.
4: All right. We got the great Liz Wheeler joining us next. Before we get to Liz Wheeler, let's talk about the fact that we became a scared nation under COVID. You will never convince me that our free falling testosterone levels in this society didn't didn't contribute to that. You'll never convince me of it. You know, testosterone levels are half of what they were 50 years ago as a society. You understand that that's the death of a nation type stuff, right? You simply won't produce enough new Americans to stay alive as a country. I don't push Big Pharma crap on this show. I like natural stuff, natural herbal supplements, especially when it comes from a hardcore anti-communist company like Chalk. These guys are the most anti-communist guys I know, and they have what's called a male vitality stack. On top of a bunch of other supplements, natural herbal supplements, they have a male vitality stack. 20% increase in your testosterone in just 90 days. You should see the testimonials people email to me. 60-year-old men, Jesse, I have never had so much energy. Go to choq.com, guys. Get a male vitality stack, 90 days, and then you tell me how you feel. Ladies, same thing for you. Don't worry, you're not left out. There's a female vitality stack. You want to feel great, energy, lose weight, sleep better? I've been sleeping better. Choq.com. If you sign up for a subscription, that's how you get 35% off. You can cancel it at any time. Chalk.com, promo code JESSE, gets you 35% off the subscription. We'll be back. you remember a while ago when the Biden administration (laughs) went full ministry of of truth and tried to hire this freak job Nina Jankiewicz to determine what was real and what wasn't real and then it took five seconds to look into this lady to figure out she's just a card-carrying communist nut job but then of course there was so much outrage she went away and we're all thinking to ourselves oh nice it went away Eh. I'm not sure it went away Intercept has a fascinating piece out there now, unsurprising, about DHS, FBI working with social media to make sure only the truth gets out there. The truth about things like COVID, Hunter Biden's laptop, election integrity. You know, they're very reliable on all these things. Joining me now, my friend Liz Wheeler of the great Liz Wheeler Show. Liz, uh, I'd be lying if I said I was shocked by the article. I always figured they were going anyway.
7: Oh, well, certainly. They disbanded the disinformation governance board or whatever they called it um, because of the backlash. They didn't want, they didn't want that attention, that spotlight. But we all knew that they weren't going to stop the agenda of that board. Here's the thing: this this document or these series of documents that the Intercept obtained are extremely disturbing. The most disturbing of all is the Department of Homeland Security memorandum that details what their agenda is, what their goals are for the next couple of years. The Department of Homeland Security was conceived in 2002 following the 9-11 terrorist attacks and the mandate for the Department of Homeland Security was to fight the war on terror. It was to fight, well, threats to our homeland that came from abroad. The war on terror now has largely been wound down. Perhaps the end of it was the botched withdrawal from, of U.S. troops from Afghanistan. But the Department of Homeland Security is not being disbanded, even though its original mandate has ended. Instead, they are retooling their mission, and their new mission is to focus on quote-unquote threats to Homeland Security that happen domestically. But here's the thing, Jesse. Here's the thing. The last couple of years, the left has tried to tell us that the definition of speech, when it's your speech and my speech, is actual, literal violence. It's not sticks and stones may, you know, break my bones, but words will never hurt me. No, no. They say that your speech is actual violence. So the Department of Homeland Security, in this new mission statement for what they're going to do in the next couple of years, they've taken this a step further. They're saying not only is your speech actual violence, your speech and our justification for regulating, stifling and censoring your speech is that your speech might actually exacerbate real terrorist thre- threats here in the United States. So when you and I warned a couple years ago, listen, we shouldn't let the left redefine the word speech, it was actually much more dangerous because this is the outgrowth of it. They're defining us and our speech is actual terrorism.
4: Liz. I can't see how this ends any other way than a Cheka here in America if we don't already have one. What's what's stopping this? Are we supposed to believe that Republicans are going to stop this? Because this is taking us to a very dangerous place. I know you hear from communists all the time, people who've escaped communist uh, countries. I certainly have. They tell me, Jesse, it's happening here. Jesse, I escaped Cuba. It's happening here. Jesse, it's happening here. Why can Americans not see? Why can the GOP not see?
7: Well, the Republican Party is largely compromised as we know. There are some good apples in the Republican Party at the elected official level, but in large part they um especially in the Senate they're beholden to Mitch McConnell because Mitch McConnell Operates the largest super PAC in the country dedicated to electing Republican senators. And if Republican senators dissent McConnell's narratives or McConnell's agenda, then he withholds money from them. And so they just kowtow and they fall in line with what McConnell wants. McConnell's wife, Elaine Chow, is largely compromised by the Chinese Communist Party. And I mean, this, it, it, it makes a scary sort of sense, right? This, this, What we're seeing from the Department of Homeland Security is very similar to what the Chinese Communist Party does to their people. It's how they um, enforce their closed society. It's how they control information. It's how they control people's thoughts. It's how they control people's behavior. The best disinfectant in a country like ours, where we still have recourse, is to talk about this, is to let people know what is happening, is to show examples of the egregious overreach and abuse, and demonstrate exactly where this will lead if We don't put a stop to it. In the last six months, Jesse, I feel like every week there's a different alphabet soup federal government agency that I'm calling to just, you know, abolish it. It's abolish the IRS, abolish the Department of Education, abolish the FBI. And now I think we need to consider abolishing the Department of Homeland Security because if this is their mission to target quote unquote disinformation and misinformation because they equate our speech with actual terrorism, then they're not doing anything to keep us safe. They are actually, they are actually an enemy of the people.
4: Explain what you mean about Mitch McConnell's wife for people who may have been caught off guard by that.
7: Yeah, this is really interesting. And if you want um, really good reporting on this, I highly recommend Peter Schweitzer's books. He details the corruption. It's not just Mitch McConnell, but he is a prime example of it. He, uh, Peter Schweitzer details the corruption and um, the fact that Elaine Chao, who has been who has served in the federal government in uh, cabinet positions in many administrations, both parties actually, how she has family members who are Chinese citizens, live in China, who own a shipping companies that are entities Tied to the Chinese Communist Party, and um, how her policies that she has enacted as various ver- secretaries of various cabinet uh, agencies in the federal government have been impacted by by that connection. I mean, It's it, 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 the Chinese Communist Party operates this system that's known as um, princelings, where they pay off the family members of individuals who they want to influence. It's, it's usually in China, it would be the children of individuals that they want to influence in China, but they do that here too. They pay off the family members. They give them deals like the Hunter Biden deal is probably the most high profile example of this. His deals with the Chinese Communist Party, it's not like he's an expert in this area. They just wanna give him money to to get access they did the same thing with Elaine Chao to Mitch McConnell.
4: Who's Yoel Roth?
7: Yol Roth is a nasty individual who works for Twitter. So I had an interesting back and forth with Elon Musk on Twitter just 2 days ago and it's it's I love the fact by the way that Elon is talking to regular people on Twitter. He's responding to people's concerns. One of the characteristics of a person that I respect and admire the most is the willingness to think critically about information to kind of put your bias to the side and think critically about information and allow your mind to be changed if the data and the facts lead you in that direction. Elon Musk is, has demonstrated that he embraces that 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 he embraces that characteristic, and so I hope that my back and forth helps open his eyes a little bit, because he, he tweeted, as you're showing on the screen right now, he tweeted about Twitter hiding information from him during the acquisition, which we all know that Twitter was lying about the number of bots that are on Twitter, which would affect the valuation, but I recognize the name of the person from these internal Twitter communications that Elon was quoting, Yoel Roth, but Yul Roth actually has a history of being one of the biggest problems at Twitter. Yul Roth brags on his LinkedIn account um, about his role at the company, which is to determine terms of service related to the censorship of conservatives. So it was Yul Roth who took public responsibility for labeling Donald Trump false information, disallowing people from retweeting Trump's tweets and then ultimately banning him. He He's a radical leftist who has called all Trump supporters racist. He's called Trump an actual Nazi. And the outgrowth of that Marxist essentially ideology is that he's he's pushing that through Twitter on us. That's one of the biggest problems in the censorship apparatus at Twitter. And, um, and he, I mean, he's a large part of it. Uh, Elon Musk came to his defense. He said he has a sense that he's a person of high Integrity, and I just ask Elon, listen, take a look at his history, take a look at his actions, because I think maybe he's helping you in this instance. And if so, that's great. But I think you'll find that he's one of the biggest problems. And I hope Elon is uh, open minded enough to take a look at that.
4: OK, what do we make of this Elon thing so far, Liz? I don't fanboy for anybody, most definitely not, not celebrities or politicians <laughs> and billionaires, but I'm happy. It seems pretty cool so far. What do you make of it?
7: Yeah, I feel the same way. I never put politicians or public figures on a pedestal. Um, I I was excited when Elon Musk started his acquisition of Twitter because of the reason that he said that he was acquiring it. We know he's not a conservative. We know he's not a Republican. He has some kind of a weird assortment of political views and he also has some ties to the Chinese Communist Party. So I'm ideologically, I don't know if I'm aligned with Elon Musk. But in one area, I am aligned. In one area, a very important area and that is protecting free speech. The reason Elon Musk wanted to acquire Twitter is because the Babylon Bee was permanently banned for making fun of Rachel Levine, that transgender individual in the Biden administration. They awarded Rachel Levine the Man of the Year Award, which obviously is <laughs> both satire, but hilarious. And Elon said, I don't want this censorship to continue. This is this this should be a public forum, a digital public forum. So I've been very excited that he's taken on this new role as the head of Twitter. And I hope that he makes it a more neutral forum. I think that's his goal. I totally support him on this. And in the what? What has it been like three, four, five days since he's acquired it? I mean, I already think Twitter's more fun.
4: All right, Liz, finally, I can't let this go without asking you. I have to ask you this. Uh, I know you saw about the uh, Let's Declare a Pandemic Amnesty article in the Atlantic. I just have to ask you, Liz, are are you ready to just forgive and forget and just move right along? Is that what you think these people deserve?
7: Okay, so two things. First of all, there's a difference between personal forgiveness. Like if you are a grandparent who didn't get the vaccine and your children didn't let you see your grandchildren because you were unvaxxed, like sure, extend that personal forgiveness, your family, like move along even if your kids were idiots during COVID. That's one thing. That's not what this article is talking about though. This article is talking about just wiping the slate, slate clean. It's like they want to men in black everybody's memory about what politicians did to us during COVID. And my answer to that, I don't know if we're allowed to use salty language on this show, but hell no. Political accountability must be achieved here. I mean, we're talking about people whose parents and grandparents died in the hospital alone without family because you were only allowed to FaceTime in to say goodbye to them. We're talking about young men whose hearts are perhaps permanently damaged from the vaccine after they were lied about the efficacy of the vaccine. We're talking about people whose businesses were ruined. You weren't allowed to go to church. Your three-year-old was forced to wear a mask. This is egregious, egregious overreach and abuse by the federal government and public health officials and should we just wipe the slate clean walk along pretend this didn't happen absolutely not we should spend every ounce of our effort over however long it takes i don't know how many years it'll take to make sure that any politician or public official who abuse their power to infringe on our rights using unscientific justification to do so never touches power again
4: Liz, we've known each other a while. I don't think I've ever heard you use language like that. Period. Liz Wheeler of the Liz Wheeler Show. Thank you, Liz. Thanks, Jesse. All right, we got light in the mood next. Kyrie Irving out there. He's just making everybody mad anymore. Before we get to that, we have brought up on the show a couple times <laughs> the diesel shortage. Uh, you you do know we're running out of diesel fuel, right? And I want, you to, I want you to picture the last time you walked into your grocery store. Do you have, you, have, you have the image in your mind? And I want you to picture all the things on the shelves. Everything. Everything on the shelf. You know what all those things have in common? Every single one of them got to that store in a diesel-powered truck. Do you have three months' worth of food for every person who lives in your home? If you live alone, just you. But if four of you, do you have... Three months' worth of food for everyone. If the answer to that question is no, and be honest with yourself, you need it. And uh, you might need it soon. I hope you don't, but you might need it real soon. You do know also we're facing a railroad strike, right? My Patriot Supply has a three-month food kit for you for $250 off. Go to mypatriotsupply.com mypatriotsupply.com, all right? We'll be back. All right, that was a heavy show. Let's do some lighten the mood. And what lightens my mood more than reporters being abused? I love when these communist apparatchiks get abused. So i don't care who's doing the abusing in this case it was nba player kyrie irving i don't know who he is but i did enjoy
8: this why did you decide to promote something that alex jones said i do not stand with alex jones position narrative court case that he had with sandy hook my post was a post from alex jones that he did in the early 90s or late 90s about secret societies in america of occults and it's true. And to follow up on the promotion of the movie and the book, can you please stop calling it a promotion? What am I promoting? Don't dehumanize me up here. I've, I'm not. I'm not doing I'm that. Another you're human thing. I what, can post whatever I want. You so say what, that and shut it down and move on to the next question. Because this Semitic is going to be a belief. clip. This is going to be a clip that he's going to marvel at. Is this any more questions? But you're not answering the question. No, this is another answering your question. Oh my God! Let's make another Instagram clip so we could be famous again. Next question.
4: It's beautiful. Treat them all like crap, they all deserve it. I'll see you tomorrow.
0: Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country, giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning.